to the gospel of the planet Earth. Yeah, I think if uh, if the gospel or if the kingdom of God has fully come, then we wouldn't need ABC News anymore because it's nothing but bad news. But uh, at least I get to announce something good after that. But today is a very special day because we have in the studio a special guest. Uh, today we're going to have a candid interview with Carl Gessler. Carl, I'd like to thank you for coming to the studio. Oh yeah, thanks uh, Thanks for having me, Carl. It's uh, really good to be here. Now, Carl, you're, you're a radio show, um, The Gospel for Planet Earth. That's kind of a weird name. I mean, why didn't you just go with The Gospel? Well, Carl, I'd like to... Before I get into that, I really would like to say, you know, I, I really love the show, uh, Gospel for Planet Earth. I listen, I listen every day, and, and uh, I really love the sponsors, actually. I, I, uh, I, I buy from them every day, every day. Um, Merrill Paint and Decorating on the Greenville Highway, they are excellent with their, uh, their paints, you know, helping, they help me match my paints, and I just like going in there so much. I visit them every day, and, and they're great sponsors, and uh, Maranatha Painting, you know, I know the owner very well as a matter of fact he's the one speaking with you um and uh, they're trusted for meticulous paintwork since 1978 and uh, just trustworthy you can reach them at six nine three seven four nine six and then dale epperson i i can't honestly say that i buy from him every day as his business is that he chops down trees but i have had trees that needed chopping down and he has chopped them down very successfully yeah, I noticed that. I noticed that, Carl, that you um, that these are your sponsors, and, and uh, we're grateful. Well, I'm sure you're grateful for uh, their sponsorship. Um, I also noticed that you seem to bring up the fact that Dale Epperson uh, plays softball, which is totally irrelevant to the fact that he uh, does a tree service. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of awkward that you brought that up. But it's just kind of because I'm on the radio and, uh, you know, my mind gets rolling, get a little nervous, and I just ramble on. But the fact that he is a good athlete is uh, important because he does a good job climbing these trees to cut them down. But he's actually an expert at um, getting rid of, you know, like those worms that get into uh, evergreens and things like that. He can take care of that, and, and that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, moving on anyway, about uh, the show. Oh, uh, how do you reach Epperson's Tree Service? Oh, uh, that's uh, 606-4980 or 606-4979. And if you'd like to be on our show today um, to ask Carl a question while he's here in the studio, you can reach us at 693-9457 or 693-WHKP. So getting back to my question, Carl, um, about the, the earth and the gospel for it, why didn't you just call this the gospel? Uh, well, if I was to say that uh, this is a show about the gospel, most people would think uh, that I'm going to talk about, you know, um, how someone gets saved, and that's what we think about the gospel. As a matter of fact, if I was going to, if I just called this a gospel, you would probably anticipate that I'm going to take you down uh, what Christians call the Romans Road, as uh, show you that all mankind is guilty of sin, and show you the way that God has made atonement, so so that we through Jesus, so that we can all be with Him. And so, naming it the gospel for the planet Earth gives it a different feel. Well. Can you explain to us maybe more what that what that feel is? Well, this is just a thing. Paul preached the gospel, but he was not the original uh, the original um, articulator of the gospel. As a matter of fact, that's why we call the gospels the gospels. Makes sense, doesn't it? Uh, Jesus actually announced the gospel, and, and I've talked about this on the show. If you were listening, yeah, I was listening. Okay, good. Uh, so since you were listening. Um, you know, you'll know that Jesus said that the 
uh, in Mark's, at the beginning of Mark's gospel, it says Jesus came preaching the gospel that the kingdom of God is at hand. And so that's kind of the emphasis of this whole show is that the kingdom of the gospel or the good news is an announcement for the earth. And it's not just about where you go when you die. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Okay. So, do you really mean to say that uh, God and Jesus has set up a physical kingdom? Um, doesn't God really want a spiritual kingdom? I mean, does he? He doesn't want to get involved with uh, you know this messy world, does he? I mean, you just listen to the news; it's it's a pretty messy place. Well, yes, actually, I do think that the gospel is a, a the kingdom is a physical kingdom, and that's really what I'm what I'm getting at with this whole show is uh, you know that it's, um, well the messy world that we lived in that we live in is yet somehow still a good world I've actually been faced this week with some very sobering news about uh, different people that I, I've come to love and trust and and just different bad news following that uh, uh, a friend I knew was in a near nearly fatal car accident and and uh, as well as just disappointments with uh, even Christian leaderships, uh, we've all had experiences with people with uh, the mighty falling, and and uh, it's easy just to be like, well, there's no hope for this whole for this whole world. And, and listening to the news about children being kidnapped, um, we've learned a lot about the the sex trade in in Indonesia and many other places, and um, and it just seems like a dark dark world. Yet at the same time, there's still uh, goodness to be found within it, uh, so much goodness, and we read in um, Genesis, in the Genesis account, that God created the world and He called it good, and so it, it's still my firm belief, uh, as I read the scriptures and the way that I read the scriptures and understand them, that God hasn't changed His mind on that, and actually the message of Genesis is that God is committed to saving this earth this planet and of course that's not to um, affirm it just as it is but to say that it does need redeeming and it needs salvaging I was also watching a movie called uh, furious love uh, yesterday which is a very interesting a little um, 95 minute uh, movie if you are interested in seeing it, it's a documentary and uh, where these people go into some very dark places what Christians would call dark places of the world and um, and show the the power of God's love in those places. One of the places that they interviewed, uh, there's a man who lived in a cave, or it was a uh, a place where Buddhism was practiced. And there's a place uh, I forget the exact name of it. It's like um, mystical something. It was a, basically a shortcut to the Buddhist utopia. And in Buddhism, the whole idea is that you leave your body and you you embrace Zen, like you you shed the flesh. And you embrace Zen. Uh, I mean, you you are freed that way. And the way to a way of speeding up this process is a man uh, or woman, if they wanted to, would go to a cave or somewhere where they'd live alone for a number of years. And in that time, they would practice meditation and visualization, and they would do their um, their their practices with that spinny thing, whatever it's called. Um, yeah, you're showing your lack of education, Carl, by the, using the word spinning thing. <sighs> yeah, you, you really, uh, you put me on the spot here. That's right, just continue. Uh, so anyway, this, these people were in these uh, caves 
and they're they're meditating and they're calling uh, demons to themselves. They're calling these spirits to themselves, and they visualize actually um, dismantling their bodies, and then the demons come and feast on on their open flesh, and so that is a Buddhist um, idea that we leave our bodies in order to embrace a spiritual reality. Um, and, and a lot of Christians actually have gotten, they don't go, they don't go about, they're not trying to dismantle their bodies, but they uh, believe that the body is something to be shed, something to be holding, something holding them back and that they need to uh, move on into a spiritual, um, which the spiritual is better. And that is really Platonism. Well, that's all very interesting, Carl, but uh, didn't Jesus tell Pilate that my kingdom is not of this world, otherwise my servants would be fighting? Uh, well, yes, he did. He did say that. Uh, um, actually, it's commonly read that my kingdom is not of this world, but the, the Greek uh, translation of that is probably better read. And I don't read Greek, just uh, bringing up my education again. Thank you very much. But uh, in as I'm told, the Greek is, is for that is actually better read from this world. In other words, it's not originating, it's not functioning in the same way of this world. And I did, I, I used to think of um, the whole idea of uh, the kingdom. I, I used to think basically that the story was that Jews believed they were looking for an earthly kingdom while Jesus came and said, no, 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 it's a spiritual kingdom. And I think of uh, one big reason for that, huge reason for that, is that I always considered church to be boring for most of my life. I think most probably young boys do uh, think of that. You don't like sitting in a pew. As a matter of fact, most of the time when I did, I would fall asleep and um, hit my head on the pew. And uh, excuse me, there were wooden pews at that time. And and uh, you know, well, I guess probably most of them still are wooden pews. But anyway, my parents would stick me under the uh, under the pew and I'd fall asleep, and that was my favorite part. And I can't say that it was ever exciting. And uh, it wasn't until my teen years that um, I knew I wanted to follow Christ, and I think the main motivation for that was that I I loved my life, and I loved my parents, and what they had given to me in in being faithful to each other and loving me, and all of that that is that just drew me that this is what I want, and I, I and this is what my parents did to get this, and I so I had that gave me enough faith to say you know what I believe this is the right thing. And this is what I'm going for. And still, I went through a struggling time uh, of uh, knowing what that meant and struggling with what it means to follow Jesus. And really, the only time that I that following Jesus was filled with life and enthusiasm was um, really it was when I went to this event in, in Memphis, Tennessee. It was called One Day, and it was led by a group called Passion, which uh, probably many in the um, evangelical circles know of their music, but the 50,000 college students and high school seniors out in the field for we were out there for 12 hours here in teaching but it was the music that brought to life everything that was inside of me everything I had been raised on the Bible had been uh, you know, taught to uh, read the Bible every day and my my folks read the Bible regularly and we had Bible studies in our home and it was the music though that drew all of that out of me and uh, brought it to life and gave me I, I just came home filled with what, the way we would say it is we were filled with the Holy Spirit and uh, that was the only place where I experienced that real uh, life was in that 
that expression in in art and in, in the artistic expression of worship music and worshiping Jesus because with worship there's more than just the mind involved but it's the whole body and that it's kind of odd that that would be the thing but we always talk about that as being the work of the Holy Spirit and it is and so the emphasis too when we say scriptures like the kingdom of God is not uh, righteousness uh, is not uh, excuse me is not eating and drinking but righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit I always heard that as the kingdom of God is not about the world that you can touch and feel but it's about the invisible world that you can't feel but you it's it's the spiritual realm and uh, that is actually um, I mean there's definitely the aspect there, there is a spiritual realm I'm not denying that at all uh, but that's not um, it wasn't limiting the kingdom of God to the spiritual realm, but my experience still always had the word spirit, spirit associated with it. And so I thought of the kingdom of God as being strictly spiritual. Yeah, well, um, you, you said uh, that your experiences, you, the art of um, music and uh, that experience drew, drew this uh, spiritual experience out of you. Um, can you explain about that more? Well, yes, thank, thank you for bringing that up. I always love it when you lead into a question that I wanted to answer. But anyway, so when I, uh, when I say that, even to worship, uh, music is physical in a sense. It's, it's, it's almost beyond physical because it touches on emotions and things that we can't touch. But at the same time, it's played with the hands and it's, it's sung with the voice. And um, we use electricity to, today we use electricity to, broadcast it out and to change the sounds of it and um, and it, it is an, a physical it's an earthly expression in one sense uh, in a very real sense and it also um, had a very manifest effect on my body uh, and that joy it brings a smile to your face it it, uh, um, it changes the way you walk around I mean people don't dance unless there's music uh, so it has it's yeah there's a spiritual aspect to it but it has its effect on the physical. And uh, so there's no, um, we have the separation. And it really does come from uh, Plato that we were, were people living in a cave looking at shadows. And the real thing is the spiritual realm. And right now we're living in Shadowland. But we are not Platonists. I actually did hear a pastor recently, someone gave me a CD um, of a sermon. And uh, it was a pastor talking about the fact that we are Platonists, and, and uh, not strictly Platonists, of course, because Plato wasn't a Christian, but uh, emphasizing the spiritual over the physical. But that is not a Jewish thing. It's not a first century Jewish thing, and it's not. And Jesus was a first century Jew who came to that context and spoke to that context. Um, Genesis itself is uh, an explanation of the world that we live in. Uh, I would. Uh, I talked about this before on the show that. Um, that creation, the creation story is not put there as a way of um, to argue against evolution. Obviously, the Jews were not evolutionists, but the point of Genesis 1 and 2 is not to uh, make sure that now no one could ever teach evolution because the Word of God says that God created. The Jewish, the Genesis is telling the world, introducing Yahweh to the world, this is the God revealed to us this is what we believe that he created the world and uh and created us in his image to rule over it and jesus was of that belief that uh 
that the, the good God created a good world and that he was committed to it. And it was through Abraham and his family that he was going to redeem the world. And so Jesus came announcing a kingdom, um, announcing that the rule and reign of God, which had, uh, which really had been called into question by the arrival of evil, uh, was now arriving in the world to bring back justice and to set the world right again. Well, Carl, that's uh, that's all very interesting, but uh, I mean, look around the world and listen to the news that we just we just had. Um, you know, there's so people are abducted and and. Uh, uh, Tragedies happen, car wrecks happen, uh, looks like we're going to get a frost and probably kill a bunch of apples and things like that. And th things are not the way that they are supposed to be. So how can you be announcing that the kingdom, uh, how can you say that Jesus is announcing that the kingdom has come when the world is still the way it is? Um, I still, you know, many people still hold to the idea that... Uh, that the kingdom is a spiritual thing. As a matter of fact, someone was saying to me, um, talking about Jesus' statement, when they brought to him the, the coin with uh, Caesar's face on it, and they said, is it lawful to give taxes to Caesar or not? Um, and Jesus says, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. So wasn't he saying, let the secular world rule, and you, uh, and I'm worried about your soul? Well, if you come to the scriptures already with that in mind, as if uh, with, if you come to the scriptures with a Platonic view, it's easy to read the scriptures in that light. But again, Jesus was not a Platonist; he was a Jew, um, and this, the whole thing about the taxes was more than simply is it right to pay taxes or not. But it had to do with the question of God still, because uh, for Jews. An, an engraving of someone's face was idol, idolatry. You weren't supposed to make engravings, but here you had uh, an engraving on a coin, which represented also oppression as the Jews were taxed uh, by Rome, because wherever Rome ruled, Rome taxed. And on the coin, the Caesar claimed to be a son of uh, Augustine, or August, no, whatever, um, there goes my education again, but the, he was a son of the gods. And on the backside, it, it was, he was also labeled the high priest because the cult of Rome was the fastest growing cult uh, religious movement at the time. And the, the emperors were all oftentimes the high priest as well. So you have this mockery, whether, and I don't believe that it was delivered either, but to a Jew, it was offensive at every level that this man claimed to be a son of the gods and the high priest of a pagan ruling cult on an idolatrous coin. And apparently... Uh, not many, uh, many Jews did all that they could to avoid even using the coin. Some even avoided looking at it. So Jesus' answer, he, is, they deliberately put this question to him to trick him, and that's what the scriptures say. They, they pose this question to trap him because the Pharisees didn't like Jesus and they were looking for a, reason, a way to put him away. And so if Jesus says, don't pay taxes, then Rome comes in and, uh, he can be accused of starting a revolt, inciting a revolt. He can be taken away and judged for that reason. Uh, meanwhile, if he says don't uh, that you should pay taxes, the people will get upset at him. So there is more to it than just rather pay taxes or don't pay taxes. Um, and, and, and so Jesus says the wisest thing he can say: Will you give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and you give to God what belongs to God? And really, in a way. 
you have to work out what that means. Because God did create a world where men rule over it. And that is really a, a question. Uh, that's what, you know, Jesus is called the Son of Man. And sometimes I think we don't often think of him enough as a man. We think of him as a God pretending to be man. But he was fully man. And uh, so, um, but either way, God created a world where men are, are uh, men and women are called to rule over it, to have dominion over it. And so those rulers do need to be paid. And Paul tells us as much in uh, his letters that give tax to whom taxes do honor to whom honor is due fear to whom fear that there is a ruler that there are people that are supposed to have authority they are supposed to take rule but they will have to answer to god for that rule um and so there's that part that yes you have to pay the taxes but at the same time that doesn't mean you need to collapse into worshiping the empire and you shouldn't collapse into worshiping the empire you give to god what belongs to god and you get to caesar what belongs to caesar and this doesn't fully, uh, there's a lot more we could say about this passage of scripture, but uh, we're running out of time. Yeah, I see that. Um, but, uh, you know, I want to thank you for being on the show. Uh, you're very witty. Oh, thank you. I think that's, that's too much, really. Oh, no. Uh, I mean it. Uh, so, um, but I have, uh, I have still another couple of more personal questions. Uh, what gives you the right to ask these questions, or, or rather answer them, I should say? Uh, that's a little insulting, don't you think? Uh, well, sorry, I, I just I just thought you could take it. <laughs> that's all right. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not educated in the in the uh, formal sense, but we all have the scriptures at our hands, and today's information we have with the internet and many books, we have more at our fingertips than made, made, uh, any generation previous. And uh, and and this show is not really to tell you that I know all the answers but that there are answers to be found if we're willing to look. And that's why I invite you to visit us on thegospelforplanetearth.com and share your thoughts and challenge these ideas. Is God's kingdom really physical? Is it really for the earth? Or am I just making this up because I have a power play or I have a, a way that I want to gain control over people and, and enforce my will on people? But what really the question is, what was Jesus all about? Maybe he was just a wandering teacher, another religious madman, or maybe... There really is a kingdom that is intended to come to the earth and is for the earth. So thanks for listening to one more show and for uh, enjoying this. I uh, hope you enjoyed this interview, a candid interview with Carl Gessler of the Gospel for Planet Earth. Visit us on thegospelforplanetearth.com and leave us your comments and listen to our podcast. Thanks.